Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast for Everything is Brand. This week, the team wants to talk about how employees and the employee engagement levels help drive your brand out in the marketplace. So this week's topic is how does internal culture accelerate brand? All right, Gabby, so how important are employees to the whole brand equation? They're crucial. They are the first touch point of any brand. They are the biggest brand ambassadors. They are the ones that basically permeate that that culture, that brand that you're experiencing out to everybody uh, else. So they're the biggest brand advocates. Sometimes companies don't focus on them or don't realize that. But companies that do it and do it well, you know that, you know, again, we often use the Apple example, but we walk in, there's a certain person that works at Apple, right? Some of the examples that I've got Shopify, Ikea, we walk into those places or those companies, and there's definitely a vibe there, right? But what I wanted to say is that often brand just doesn't live at the CEO level. Brand lives, you know, from the sales guy that you meet, you know, have an experience with at the company to the logistics guy who ships out the product, whatever, to the customer service rep. Brand lives within all levels of the organization. It does not just sit at the top C-suite. Yeah. And just to kind of pick up on that point, it's brand is also about pride and all employees team members actually having pride in their brand, really believing that they are a part of something great, something good, and actually supporting that. And Gabby, to your point, it really goes to all levels of, I guess, team members. Somebody who is delivering, do they look presentable? Do they speak in a certain manner? People who are answering phones, do they actually say the company name properly? All those kinds of very little things can make a very big difference in terms of, you know, how you experience that brand, how you actually interact with that company. So does brand culture, I mean, is it part of the discussion when organizations are creating their brand? I mean, do they sit down and say, okay, well, we have to get the internal culture right in order to deliver on this brand that we seem to be creating. Do you think that those discussions happen? Not enough. You're right. You know, and, and again, I guess that's really the difference between companies that are doing it really well. Clearly, they've, they have those conversations. They either have training or they have, you know, materials that employees, even when, when new employees join, they can actually really get involved in that uh, aspect of the business. And of course, other businesses that are not doing any of that, employees, uh, team members will not be able to, to do it on their own without any support. It's like a relationship. It just doesn't magically work. It needs work. Oh, relationships don't magically work? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, you need to work at it. I think some people yeah. just think, oh, you know, everybody gets along, everybody will get along, whatever. But there is work behind there. I think we're starting to see that that's actually a role, like, you know, a culture expert at a company or whatnot, the the fun person, et cetera, right? I mean, and there's chief culture officers now, right? Exactly. Like there's like, it, it's exactly. really been elevated to this higher level. But I think what we need to be cognizant of is it's got to be natural. It's got to be organic. It can't be forced. You can't just be captain fun. Like you cannot just say, we're going to have fun. That just doesn't happen. It has to happen organically. You know, you got to 
like Marco said, you got to be proud of the product you're putting out there, uh, proud of the service that you're creating, proud of the change that that company is making and rally the troops that way. You know, it's easy to say in a retail environment whether or not the culture is good because you can see it on the face of the person that you're asking a question to. But is it more difficult for service-based organizations? Is it more difficult for manufacturing organizations uh, on the manufacturing side as opposed to the retail side? Is it as important for them or is this more a frontline situation or a frontline issue? No, it's just as important uh, for them, quite frankly, in some cases, maybe even more important. And again, it comes down to sometimes very simple things, the way they answer the phone, the way they respond to an email. Do they even respond to an email, right? Like that, again, is just recently I was dealing with one uh, small organization. And I have to say, one of the things that actually convinced us to hire them uh, to do some work uh, on the house was because of their response. The person we were dealing with was very good. You know, we had a question, he responded immediately. And if he didn't have an answer right away, he still responded and said, let me look into that and I'll get back to you by, by tomorrow. And it actually happened. And they got, they got the project. He clearly knows what he's doing and he believes in what they're doing. That basically made the difference of getting the business or not getting the business. In larger organizations, what sometimes isn't driven into various employees or levels of employees. Take, for example, a large organization with uh, logistics, manufacturing, whatever. You're talking about, I don't want to say this, but I think they're the most critical people on the job, but you know, lowest totem pole, so to speak, right? They're the ones that are really turning out product, turning out whatever. I don't, I think that they're the most valuable asset to a company. But anyways, managers who manage and oversee those people, often just concerned about bottom line dollars, hours, operations, brand may not necessarily be on their forefront and should be because those folks are the ones that are rallying the manufacturers, the ones on the production lines, et cetera, to the ones that ultimately affect that product that they're outputting the Mm -hmm. most. And brand may not be on their mind, but should be on their mind and should be a culture point there because it starts there. It starts there with the most important work. We're talking, let's take, for example, I don't know, Toyota plant, you know, manufacturing cars, etc. If that guy or woman on the assembly line doesn't care about how they're putting in that piece into a car, whatever, that's ultimately going to affect the end driver family who purchases that vehicle and tarnish their brand, right? So that assembly line worker needs to be concerned about the brand, needs to be concerned about the image of Toyota and the brand. And that manager is the, that his direct manager is the one that should be constantly having brand at the forefront and making it part of their culture. Yeah, but you can't, you can't force that into employees. No, you're right. They have to feel like doing it. They have to love Mm -hmm. their company. They have to love their brand. So that's something that doesn't come out of the CEO, doesn't come out of their uh, operations manager. It comes from the people. So uh, the better the internal culture, the company culture is, uh, the better the environment, the better they feel about going to work every day matters, right? 
So what are the factors that contribute to that? Because people don't just feel one way or the other about an organization. So let's let's talk about some practical elements here. Obviously, how they're treated by the organization is a, an important element to that. Um, how well they understand the brand is probably another one. You can't be passionate about something if you don't really get why it should matter to anyone. Really understanding their role and making sure that they have the right training to do whatever job they have to do, whether that's someone on an assembly line or whether that's someone who is dealing with the public on the front lines or in a customer service role. And then I think the other thing is just a general affinity for what the company does, feeling like they're making some sort of a difference or or feeling like their impact is somehow felt out in the world. I mean, would you guys say that those are probably the top four factors? In my opinion, when you put all of those things together, that's what creates culture to your point, Christian, coming from the people directly into what that company represents. Yeah, like I think that one of the, the elements that I would say is, is also critical is that top management, like CEO, president, whatever the structure is, mm-hmm. that they truly believe in their own brand. I, th- I think that, that that's where it starts. And if the top management is not 100% aligned with their brand, that will trickle down, right? But if they are passionate about it and they really understand it and they really know where they're going from the brand perspective, that will definitely influence how everybody else feels about the organization and, and then express that outward toward customers, clients. And you see that all the time, like you see that all the time where where organizations who have been successful, they'll go out and they'll hire a a top gun to come in and and run the business. And then you hear a year later that the person is leaving because they just didn't align. That says a lot about culture, you know, because if you are just bringing someone in to create financial returns and they don't have the hearts of the people around them in order to enable them to do that, it just falls flat. And we see this over and over and over again, where the focus is on the bottom line without any consideration whatsoever of the emotional impact that that the brand has to both employees and then out to the public. And, and it happens over and over and over again. So without that passion, you know, on the other side of that, you see a lot of brands where the uh, leader is very passionate about the brand. You know, if you think about a Richard Branson or an Elon Musk or a Steve Jobs or even a Bezos, that passion around the brand is translated and often permeates into the culture, as you said earlier, Gabby, but not always in the best possible way. I'm not sure that everyone at Amazon is is passionate about the brand. However, I think that the more that the leader shows that or, or sets that tone, the easier it is for people to then do what you said, Christian, which is start to feel something, start to understand something and are willing to put their hearts into it. Employees are the first ones to sniff out bullshit. That is true. Right. When you've got a CEO getting up there, giving his uh, corporate spiel, employees are the first one to sniff out that authenticity. Right. So it starts. It it does start from the top. It starts with every manager starts with that C-level of being authentic and human, especially when they're talking to their employees. Right. Could be good news, could be bad news. But that's that's a moment to actually rally everybody around a greater cause, profits, quality, whatever it is that they're doing. 
but it does need authenticity and it needs it from the leaders. It needs communication. That's the other one we haven't really talked about is there's many top level CEOs that the organization never hears from, right? Maybe the once a year town hall, they may hear from their CEO. Well, is that really enough? The leader of the, the, the company really only hearing a couple of times and in a very corporate speak and not human way. Yeah. So here's the question then is internal culture. Whose responsibility is it? Is it the CEOs? Is it the managers? Is it the employees themselves? Or is it a combination of all of the above? What do you guys think? It's, it's definitely everyone. Everyone, everyone needs to be involved. It has to start at the top, but it has to trickle down all the way. And it has to be worked on all the time. It's not something that can be, you know, to Gabby's point, touched on once a year. It's It's got to be constantly happening, changing, adapting, adjusting, keeping it fresh, keeping people excited. It takes work. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of work to, to keep that going. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the biggest part of it. So how can brands suffer then? So let's say... Let's say you have a, a, a bad internal culture. How does the brand suffer? And the flip side of that, if you have a great internal culture, how is the brand accelerated? Going back to our topic line, um, how does that work? I'll talk, I'll talk about the positive ones and I'll use Shopify as the example. So I belong to a number of groups on Facebook and Shopify employees are all over the place in those groups. And they're constantly, whether it is from a recruitment perspective and getting more employees to work for Shopify, but they're always, I wouldn't say singing the praises, but they talk about, you know, all the benefits that Shopify is out there. They help the community out in terms of pushing the product. Shopify could be a solution for whatever that uh, entrepreneur is looking for. So they are, they are all sales folks. They are all recruiters, HR people. Those employees are fantastic. And from an onlooker perspective, damn, they're spreading the word about a Shopify as a, a company product place to work. Again, we're going back. They're the biggest brand ambassadors for that company. So can you think of a brand that's hurt by a bad culture? I mean, I can think of a couple of retailers. I won't name them by name because I don't want to call them out. But I can think of a couple of retailers where you walk down the halls of those stores and there's just nobody to be found. And then when you do find someone, it's almost like they were hiding in an aisle somewhere trying not to be found. And the whole experience of engaging them to find what you're looking for is almost like pulling teeth. And it feels like just this really difficult brand experience. And, you know, as I'm saying this, I'm sure that all of you and all of our listeners are saying, oh yeah, I can think of a retailer who is like that. So so this is not news to anyone, I don't think. So I mean, th- that point counterpoint of how well a culture can drive a business forward and how it can also limit where a brand is going. I mean, we see examples of it on a daily basis. To Jeremy's point earlier, it's a lot of work and it's constant, right? Like, especially in some businesses where, you know, people come and go, they don't, they're not necessarily in the same position for 20 years, right? So you have to really work at that all the time. Gabby, you talked about the CEO being in front of people once a year kind of thing. You know, some businesses actually are very good at having internal structures in place or things in place where they may actually talk to their employee base more often and at different levels, right? And have that uh, that kind of training or a reminder of who they're there for, what they're there to do. And, and sometimes it can just be a very simple, quick five-minute check-in or once a week you have a check-in. Whatever it is that, that works for that particular brand, that particular business, 
but it is doing those kinds of check-ins because going back to that example of retail people not being quite engaged, that's where brands start to suffer. It turns into sales, right? Like it's when yeah. people are not providing the service or the, the answers or whatever you know they, they should be doing, it starts to drop off, right? And they're losing interest. And quite frankly, customers, clients are, are going to start to lose interest. Yeah. And we see it all the time too in what we do. I mean, you know, we go in and we do strategy sessions or creative sessions and we ask organizations to bring a range of key stakeholders. And sometimes those stakeholders are very engaged and we have an incredible session that leads to really great results for the brand, if, whether we're rebranding or whether we're coming up with a new product, whatever it might be. But then other times I can stand at the front of the room and ask a question and you can hear a pin drop because nobody is engaged and they're unwilling to share anything. So, so it doesn't just happen in the aisles of big retailers. It happens in the board rooms in the hallways of small to medium businesses as well. And, and I think that thinking that this is somehow a large organization's issue that you have to build a culture is just wrong. Every organization needs a culture and every one of those cultures affect brand in some way. And, and that's actually a really good point. And we see this all the time. And I mean, we see it more on coming up with a brand strategy and then developing the brand and rolling it out internally and all of that. But really, if somebody is not engaged and it doesn't really matter how how hard the management works on that yeah. it is probably time to exit that person or multiple people because if they're not in that organization for the right reasons they just shouldn't be there yeah and exit the people who are not supporting the culture but but make sure that it's not the culture that's that's making those people disengaged too so it, it, it's almost like you have to understand first which is causing the issue you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So is there uh, an internal version of the brand that has to be created? Do you have to take what you're saying to customers and somehow reinterpret that for employees or recruits or prospects or, or whatever it might be? Yeah, you do. Like take, for example, Google. Google has a culture of curiosity. Google has a culture of constantly learning and improving and exploring. Is that outward focused? Probably not. I mean, search, I'm not sure, but uh, for sure. Yeah, that's always an searching, internal... Daddy, of course. You're, it's, it's you're always searching, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, it definitely is part of their culture, you know, which, you know, if we think about it, drives their innovation, drives their products, drives yeah. their entire business. Yeah, it's the, there's there's been like this separation, I think, you know, and it goes back to what we've talked about in multiple podcasts, but this idea of silos where you've had, you know, sales and marketing are over here, and then you have HR over here, and then you have operations over here, and and never the twain shall meet. And and the problem with that is that your HR strategy drives your internal brand, which drives your internal culture, which drives your external brand, which drives your customer service promise, which ultimately drives your financial success. So if people don't make those connections, that's where we see the problems, right? So it's absolutely true that internal culture can accelerate brand because the reality is, is that a strong, engaged workforce is always going to deliver better than a disassociated workforce that doesn't understand what it is that they're delivering. And, and we see this all the time when we are developing new brands or rebranding an existing organization that just needs a refresh. Launching that internally 
is just as important as the external launch. And everybody's always yeah. thinking about, okay, we have a new brand. What are we doing to, to launch it online, at the website, social media channels, whatever it is. And we have to, in some cases, remind them, it's like, hold on a second, what are you doing for the internal launch? Everybody internally needs to be told about it, needs to understand what the new brand stands for, if there are any adjustments in, in positioning and, and strategy and all of that, just so they can actually then speak to that, right? And, and really explain it and live it. You know, and be excited about it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That, you know what, Jeremy, that, that's a really good point is, is the excitement. At the end of the day, engagement doesn't come from quiet reflection. It comes from understanding and excitement and passion and, and all of those kinds of things. Nobody wants to work for an organization that just kind of says, well, this is what we're going to be doing. This is what's mm-hmm. going to be happening, and, and that's the end of that. Like nobody, like it, you're not building a great internal culture by being quiet about it. it. It's about you know what you said, Gabby, which is communication. It's about understanding. It's about reflection. It's about engagement of the uppermost levels of management and the leaders, and and the leaders showing up. Like, I mean, the leaders have to show up. If the leaders don't show up, if they sit in their office behind a desk and nothing ever happens and no one knows who they are, there's no one steering the ship. They may be steering the ship from behind closed doors, but nobody knows what's happening. So there's not that level of understanding. Uh, so at the end of the day, internal culture is all about making sure that engagement is happening with the people who are going to be your biggest brand ambassadors. So can that internal culture accelerate your brand? Absolutely it can. Not only can it accelerate your brand, but it can take your brand down. In our last podcast, we talked about a pen being able to take a brand down. But yeah, people can take a brand down faster than anything else. So For organizations that are wondering whether internal brand is important or internal culture is important, it really is because without it, your brand is simply a bunch of promises. It's a bunch of words. It's a bunch of things that you say you're going to do. But without those frontline people or those, you know, assembly line people or those leaders who are driving that culture throughout the brand, it just has no heart. It really becomes the heart of the brand. And without it, the brand can truly suffer. So at the end of the day, everything is brand, including employees, including your internal culture, and including everything that they push out to customers and the way that they engage with customers externally. So that's this week for Everything is Brand. Join us next week. We will probably continue this discussion because I think there's more meat on the bones here that we can uh, easily take advantage of.